This episode is brought to you by Factor Meals. It certainly is because eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. If you're somebody like me who cannot cook to save their little lives, it's a game changer. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to eat in, wait for it, just two minutes. Plus, you'll have over 35 options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. You can pick from two minute meals where you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. With pancakes, smoothies, and more, discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And Factor Meals are ready to heat and eat. They're ready. There's no prepping. There's no cooking. There's no chopping up veggies. None of that stuff. If you're like me and you're busy, whack on a podcast, whack these in, and they're ready to go. Nothing for you to do. No cleanup either. And the great thing is it's flexible for your schedule. So you can get as much or as little as you need when choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime if anything changes. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. So sign up and save. Factor is less expensive than takeaway and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. So head to factormeals.com slash TWTW50 and use code TWTW50 to get 50% off. That's code TWTW50 at factormeals.com slash TWTW50 to get 50% off. Hello, I'm Grongy Maguire and this is Chantelle Viducin Pate. Hello. bonded over our love of reminiscing about weird celebrity couples. The ones no one would believe happened if Google wasn't there to back it up. We want you to join us as we remember when love was young, times were simpler, and we really thought that Angelina and Billy Bob Thornton were going to make it. Every week we're joined by a celebrity guest to discuss the showbiz romance they never got over. So take our hand and stroll down memory lane with us as we remember the, the way, way they were. Hi Chantelle. Hi Gronya, <laughs> how are you? I'm very good. I'm just on on the come down for the glamour that was working on the European MTV Music Awards in Dusseldorf. I know, how was Taylor? Is she good? Listen, I think that girl's a bloody delight. She was so charming the whole time I fully agree when so when they were like you know announcing like oh what for Taylor or like the nominations and when they would say her name and the whole crowd would go wild because they knew she was in she was very like uh taking the mick out the situation sort of rolling her eyes and be like oh yeah good for her team always team Taylor on the, this over here always team Taylor big fan what I will say is you know who had the best night of his life who's that well, now, I'm going to, it's not, who's the, it's Sam Ryder. Who's the guy, the Eurovision guy? I always say Sean Ryder, but that's the wrong name. Not a fan of him, but I think it is Sam Ryder. They with the beard and the long hair. Yeah, so Sam Ryder was His the... His middle name was should the, be Ernest. Because he, just by sheer 
coincidence was sat beside Taylor Swift. Now, I'm oh sure when God. he was heading out to present the award at the MTV Music Awards, he did not think he was about to become a bestie with Taylor Swift. And let me tell you, my little peepers were on them all night and they were like... They were best friends. They were chatting away. That's just the Taylor Swift charm. She strikes me as someone who will make everyone she meets feel like her new best friend. It's a special gift. It's a very special gift to be able to do that. He will never hear from her ever again. And <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what have you been up to? What, what's what been filling your celebrity romance part of your brain? Well, you were busy in Dusseldorf saying Guten Tag to Taylor. Everyone else was over here saying hello to the rumoured new couple, which, to be fair, I don't actually necessarily believe is real, which is, of course, uh, Emily Ratajkowski and Mr. You guessed it, Pete Davidson. Uh... Who else would it be aside from Pete? Pete and Emron. I mean, it seems it seems so obvious that it's actually the most boring coupling. Do you know what I mean? Is Pete Davidson like the fifth emergency service at this stage? Like yes, if you're a glamorous so. woman going through a breakup, that is the button Just, that you press. That's the one. To, I mean, the one that one that hasn't happened that actually would be interesting is Pete Davidson and Julia Fox. Now that I would be here for, but I think it's two alphas and you couldn't do it. They would like two magnets. They would repel, you know, it's too much. <laughs> well, so a lot of people tune into us to get uh, the celebrity news, but um, mm-hmm. friend of the podcast, David Mills, also has an incredible newsletter for if you like your high and your low culture. So we really wanted to give him a shout out. He's got this amazing newsletter called Quality Time. It comes out every Monday. and he I'm gets a big of- fan. Oh, it's so good. He gives like bullet points, five bullet points of like, sort of like an, or it could be like an art gallery of, you know, skateboarders in Helsinki. Or it could be this clip he found of Diana Ross on the Muppets from 1972. And it's just Mondays are grim time for most of us. And genuinely, David Mills newsletter and a coffee. It gets me, it gets, it gets me to lunchtime on a Monday. Couldn't agree more. And if you heard him on our episode, great, one of the early episodes of the OGs were member David Mills from doing Ellen DeGeneres and Dilly Departed and Hash. You'll know what a talker he is and what a taste in pop culture and high culture he has. So yeah, can't recommend it enough. So Google quality time David Mills and just treat yourself. You deserve his newsletter so that's my spend some quality time with david that's what i'm saying it's a gift it's a gift well speaking of who i loved spending quality time with it's this week's guests that's right i said guests plural on our podcast about celebrity couples we have a real life celebrity couple they're comedy royalty and they're here to talk about the split that broke their collective hearts it's the incredible katie and rich herring the way they were hi katie and rich hello <laughs> hello <laughs> welcome very much to our podcast you are our second celebrity couple guest you are wow it's very exciting this is this is very exciting so before we dive into your incredible couple uh, we are a very romantic podcast do, do you are you a romantic couple <laughs> <laughs> what do you think katie <laughs> 
You've got us on a great day. Um, <laughs> oh, thank God. Okay. I was thinking all day, like, what if they got in a fight? And they just fucking podcast together. And they're just constantly, like, surreptitiously sniping at each other the whole time. We're, we're occasionally romantic. It's, it's you know, it's more difficult as time goes by. I, I, I When we... Katie wanted to create a Frere Rocher pyramid, so on the first Valentine's Day I gave her a Frere Rocher and said, if we're, if we're together as long... I'll give you one of these every year, and if we're together as long as I know we're going to be, you'll be able to build your pyramid. She's got enough to build a pyramid, that's to, to be fair, but uh, I did get a routine out of it, so I don't know if that's romantic, if it turns into a comedy routine. <laughs> I've, just, I've just remembered something romantic from when we were dating. Yeah. So you first kissed me on the underground. Yeah. That's romantic. Sorry, is that you from this something? <laughs> <laughs> the second time you kissed me was like at the bus stop. And then the third time you kissed me was at the top of the Oxo Tower. Yeah, there's and another you... euphemism. <laughs> right. I deliberately tried to phrase it as you didn't take me off the Oxo Tower. Anyway, uh, but you wrote me a, a message saying that every time we kiss, we're higher up. And um, oh, I... Okay, I've forgotten, but it was really romantic. It was very romantic. <laughs> I didn't something... keep that up, though. We, it would have kissing, we're kissing on Mars at the moment. We have to go to Mars. It was something about, oh, I don't know. You you, you wrote something beautiful that was Thank you, metaphorical. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> Obviously, you made a real deep impact. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, so you are an iconic showbiz couple, and I'm not giving too many clues away to Chantelle, who just know the couple, but you also have picked another iconic British showbiz couple. Oh, shit. When they're English, I really struggle. <laughs> so, again, Chantelle doesn't know who we're going to be talking about, but I can provide some clues. They got together in the glorious year that was 1999. Okay. Were we ever so young? The Sopranos has just debuted. Serena <laughs> Williams has won her first Grand Slam title. And Star Wars is back in the cinema with a Phantom Menace. But some other star-crossed lovers were finding each other. It only seems like yesterday when we went yay, yay, yay. About Sadie Frost and Jude Law. No. No. no? Okay, Shall I continue? Go on. This might give you a bit of a clue. It only seems like yesterday when we said, yeah, 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 that left us with, oh my God, I've gotten the rest of the clue. Hang on, I didn't like it. I was like, oh my God. What did it sound okay, great, Grant. It only seems like yesterday we said, yeah, 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 for a love that left us with barely a leg to stand on. That's <laughs> flying. Fucking hell. It took you so long to get there, I forgot where you started. Yeah. <laughs> Something about it, yeah yeah okay it only yeah yeah seems like yesterday yesterday that's that's obviously you're really into the yesterday part okay we said yeah 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 oh god oh god it's Paul McCartney and what's her name um it's Paul McCartney and what's her name the leg of course oh Christ what's her bloody name the blonde woman who everyone proposed to <laughs> oh god give me give me like an initial H fuck <laughs> you would think oh, with Heather her name. Heather 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 yeah, Heather yeah, Mills. Is... Heather Mills. Heather Mills. Heather Mills and Macca McCartney. Jesus, sorry, that took ages. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> great couple though, and great clues, Grania. Great clues. <laughs> when, when I remember them, they're good. Okay, so first of all, who picked this couple? 
Um, I picked them really because I hadn't heard of the couple that Katie wanted to choose. <laughs> and she knows who Paul McCartney is. Uh, it's an older man marrying a younger woman who turns out to be uh, a, a little bit off kilter. So I thought, you know, it works works well for me and Katie. Who's uh, <laughs> only married to me for my money. I'd just come out of... Uh, no, I hadn't come. So I, it was me. I used to have a joke about them and I was sort of disappointed when they broke up. Uh, the joke is slightly telegraphed because the because we now know what the punchline is. But um, I did a joke about what walks on four legs in the morning, two legs in the afternoon, and three legs in the evening. It's Paul McCartney and his wives. So I was quite. I was quite. Uh, but you, was, but that you didn't set up that it was the riddle of the Sphinx. Well, it's the riddle of the Sphinx, but you know everyone knows that. Uh, so I had the answer to the riddle of the Sphinx in the end. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it seems to be like a, a really good one to go into because it oh, was obviously so. I mean, he'd just come out... Well, he, his wife had only recently died and, and he'd been in this oh, amazing... she was still warm. Yeah, and yeah. he'd been in this amazing love-filled relationship that had survived the decades and then had this midlife crisis... Well, late midlife crisis, it seemed, of marrying a model uh, and uh, everyone else didn't seem to like her so much and, and it didn't... You know, and I think it just felt... It felt like a good one to examine, to find out. It really is. She gave us happened. so much content, Heather. Yeah. Oh. Imagine if there had been Twitter and Instagram during this divorce. Oh, my God. Yeah. <gasps> what she would have written. Oh. Katie, do you think this is a cautionary tale? What did what what do you... What was your first thoughts about this couple? Well, when Rich said it, I first thought, oh, you want a crowbar in your material, don't you? <laughs> but... Big fan of Beatles. The thing is, I grew up in a vegetarian household and we had Linda McCartney like food. So we were like big fans of Linda McCartney. That didn't make me think, oh no, the, the new wife doesn't cook vegetarian food, so I'm out. But like, I just remember having that in my head and not like really paying that much attention until comics started doing jokes. And then I was like, oh, right, okay, there's some, this is something. If the comedians must be onto something. Yeah. <laughs> Three is her connection to Paul McCartney uh, and and his marriages, uh, but not this one. Paul McCartney got married twice in uh, Marlebone Town Hall, oh, which uh, yeah. Katie and I did, oh, and Gronya yeah. did as well. But yeah. Not, Look at that. Not to us. Dog. Yeah. So, if anything, we need to declare that we are biased. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, before we do a deep dive, because God knows we've a lot to go through, a lot of people will be distracted saying, I cannot concentrate until you address the elephant in the room. What about their star signs? So, honestly. <laughs> Paul McCartney, famously a Gemini. Heather Mills, infamously a Capricorn. So, according to the their astrological charts, what percentage does this star sign match have of making it work katie what do you think i'm gonna go 67 percent. i like it uh rich what do you think well i'm gonna believe that star signs are true and i'm gonna say it's two percent therefore as this okay. was this was not a successful <laughs> oh okay i'm going highly i'm gonna stick with my guns i'm gonna go i'm gonna say 70 <laughs> something about them seems average i'm gonna say 79 percent. well i can tell you according to the star signs ruled by mercury and saturn both signs are not that emotional. But the real problem is the fact that they usually don't even spark emotions in one another. When they are with each other, they are immune to each other's charms. Yikes. There is just not that much to connect. And mostly their emotional relation 
relationship comes down to Gemini's dark thoughts, that's Paul McCartney, and Capricorn, Heather's emotional distance. So their star signs give them 1%. Wow. Wow, Richard, well done. (laughs) Rich straight in there, 1%. (laughs) Crikey. So it's kind of impressive that they lasted as long as they did. Yeah. Honestly. Let's get into it. We've got a lot of history to cover here, Grania. You, you got to get. Can you explain to our listeners who the Beatles are, please? <laughs> <laughs> First of all, let me take you back to Liverpool in the 60s. Summer Black is taking her coat. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the Yardbirds are top of the charts. Okay, so Paul's backstory. Obviously, in the Beatles, famous from like about a teenager, he was engaged to a local Liverpoolian girl called Dot. They dated for two and a half years, engaged, suddenly he becomes famous, they split. Big surprise. He dates the original Paul Hollywood, Jane Asher, for five years. Then he has an affair with Francine Short, who was like an interviewer, and then she accidentally had sex with him. Then he meets an American lady called Linda Eastman. She sets her sights on him. She wins him. They get married in 1969 and are together till her sad death. Wow. So that's where we leave Paul. A bit of a shagger in his youth. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. Don't know why. But him and Linda were pretty solid. There was no like, there was no rumours of infidelity yeah. in his part. Was there? I don't, I don't know. I don't follow this band. <laughs> this band. Biggest <laughs> band in the world. case, and I don't mean to be crude here very early on. Oh, here we go. But do you think, like, a lot of people who are, like, famous when they're young, they just shag so much that they're just, like, kind of finished by the time they're in their 30s. <laughs> I honestly think that's yeah. what he did. I mean, I think he did do a lot. I mean, he talked about, uh, he recently talked about how... When they were kids, him and Paul McC- uh, him and John Lennon used to masturbate in the same room. <laughs> they used to turn the lights out and masturbate in the same room. So I think they were quite highly sexed. And having read the uh, excellent book by uh, Craig Brown, which is called One, Two, Three, Four, I think they certainly, when they were in Hamburg, they were yeah. all all for oh, all the four of the Hamburg band. Days, yeah. They basically stayed in the same room, but just took girls back and just whatever happened happened. And you know, I don't think. Uh, anyone was checking birth certificates is what I would say yes. as well. <laughs> Whatever re- sexual relations he had with women later on, any skills he required were probably in that very short period of time. Uh, so that's Paul's backstory. So we'll leave Paul. He's he's just lost the love of his life. I think like he's in his, his 50s at this stage. Yeah, he's, yeah. So what, let's leave him. What year did she die then, Linda McCartney? 1998. Maybe imagine him listening to... I don't know, Oasis or Blur in a pair of hipster <laughs> jeans in a field yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Sadly. Meanwhile, across town, let's find out what Heather Mills has been up to. So, <laughs> yes, let's. The thing about Heather Mills' backstory, everything is very much allegedly. Of course most it is. things are just She's like allegedly. The number one most unreliable narrator <laughs> is Heather Mills. <laughs> She's one woman like Wikipedia entry with lots of like, you know, Red alert. Citation needed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So here are some things that, let's just say that it happened or it didn't happen. She said she was kidnapped as a child. Straight in. (laughs) But then the girl that she was kidnapped with sued her saying, stop saying we were kidnapped together. We were never kidnapped together. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, God. She's just amazing. She's just, I love her. She's that girl at school. 
Yeah, she is. <laughs> Completely. Every day. You'll never get to happen to the weekend. Yeah. She's that girl forever. Oh, I love her. Go on. <laughs> then her parents split up. Um, her dad ended up in jail. And she said she was homeless as a teenager. Again, other people have different version of these events. Okay. Many. She may be the first person who, when her parents got divorced, they said, this really is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> She worked as a model. Then she started going out with this guy and she was such a pathological liar that he genuinely said to her, we we're not getting married until you go to therapy for your pathological lying. Wow. But he still wanted to marry her. Yeah. So well done, Heather. She had something. <laughs> <laughs> so then she had a miscarriage and then as a way to sort of help her get over that, he paid for her to go on the skiing holiday. And then while she was on the skiing holiday, she had an affair with her ski instructor. So they get divorced. The marriage doesn't survive that. Then she sets up a refugee charity. While sort of going about doing her refugee charity work, she gets hit by a police motorbike and she loses her leg and sets up a charity to share prosthetic limbs. And she uses some of the money that she got from the payout for her injury to help set this foundation up. And it's very much about Heather Mills because it's just... Because she was following Linda McCartney, you know? She was following, like, this iconic romance. So she didn't have it it easy, you know? I think that is a hard act to follow. No, I mean, like, they even did a Simpsons episode together, didn't they? Linda and and Paul McCartney. Yeah. Yeah. Like... She was incredibly well-liked, Linda McCartney, as well. No one... Everyone loved Linda. Yeah. And she was so, like, not... So clearly not into having been famous or anything any fame she has is about being vegetarian all she cared about was being vegetarian she wasn't about being like McCartney's wife she didn't care about any of that yeah which I don't think you could say about Heather Mills and she had a, she came from a very rich family she was super rich before she met Paul McCartney um, so she better. so she even was better. not she was not never there, got the gold digger jobs not there for the money so let's just bear in mind because you know, Heather, she's gonna she's she's going through it's gonna be an interesting period in Heather Mills's life. So they meet in nineteen ninety-nine at the Pride of Britain Award, where Paul is presenting an award for animal rights activism, honoring Linda's memory, and Heather Mills is being given an award for her charity work. So at this stage there is a twenty-six year age gap between them. Mm-hmm, you know, poor grieving Paul takes a look at her. It's like who's this like blonde she cares about animals you know this could be a fresh start for me this is very exciting for me or not not much of it being pretty much the same <laughs> if i wouldn't say fresh start he's just trying to find a young linda but okay yeah <laughs> so he left her a voicemail asking to learn more about her charity work that old trick oh yeah <laughs> classic charity work the tinder of the 90s <laughs> <laughs> So you would think, oh, right, that must be when they got together. Almost. See, there was a kind of problem because Heather Mills was already engaged to somebody else. She always was. And not just engaged, about to get married in 12 days' time. Oh, my God. So imagine you're that guy. You've met this girl. It was a whirlwind romance. You're just about to get married. And she's like, (laughs) oh, weird thing. I think I might be meeting Paul McCartney tonight. (laughs) Yeah. 
So apparently she cancels the wedding six days beforehand. Wow. Basically after meeting up with Paul McCartney. She was on her way to the to collect her sister from the airport. She cancelled the wedding. Wow. And she says the reason why she cancelled the wedding wasn't because she'd just been hit on by Paul McCartney. It's because <laughs> she suddenly realised that her fiancé was gay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, chestnut. <laughs> What did he have to say about that? Well, he was like, him or none of his family knew that he was gay. Right. And he was so bad at being gay, he then went and got married to a woman. Yeah. A lot of gay so guys. So he just stayed that. in the closet, yeah. poor guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she tried to help him. I mean, God. She tried. She did her best. She's nothing but a charity worker. Yeah. Never ends for her. Wow. So Heather oh. is dumping her fiance. Because she Meanwhile, might be able to bang a beetle. <laughs> Meanwhile, Paul McCartney is at this moment getting messages from his dead wife via the wildlife on his Sussex farm. Right. Wow. So okay. he, he says that after meeting Heather, this is a quote from him, there were strange metaphysical occurrences that seemed to mean something. Animal noises, bird noises. You'd ask yourself a question under the stars and like there'd be an owl in the valley going... Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> Paul McCartney has never been outside yeah, like, that's the farm, <laughs> just, dude this is, this is called the countryside there's going to be animal noises I think, I think the owl was saying whoa 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 <laughs> put the whiskey down Paul <laughs> yeah. this is called a mental break don't make any big decisions <laughs> your wife just died give it a year <laughs> so he takes these nighttime noises from the animals as sort of a message from Linda to pursue a romantic relationship with Heather Mills. <laughs> the things that men will convince themselves of to bang a young blonde <laughs> is just <Yeah>. insane. <laughs> my wife would have wanted this, honestly. The owls have said so. Yeah, my, <laughs> my dead wife told me via owls to bang this hot chick. <laughs> <laughs> so and meet, they meet and he's crazy about you. He's absolutely mad. He said, and again, they again were... Okay, Katie, I want to take your uh, take on this. Paul said he liked the fact that she claimed she wasn't a Beatles fan and barely even knew any of her songs. <laughs> <laughs> now, do, do you call bullshit on this or do you think she didn't know who they were? It seems impossible for somebody, especially in the 90s. Like, even now, if a young person said they hadn't heard of the Beatles... You'd be like, but it's, you've heard this advert, you, you know, you know those songs. But in the 90s, everybody loved the 60s. Everything was back like a way, because no one had heard of the Beatles and then Oasis said they were good. Um, so, yeah, that. She was still like 30, right, or something like so There's absolutely no way. But though, <laughs> yeah. Katie, you said you'd, you'd never really heard of Fist of Fun when <laughs> we met. And, you know, I'm not saying that I'm as big as the Beatles, but pretty, you know, pretty much everyone knew. <laughs> Surely everyone knew. Sure, everyone watched that show. So it's the you Beatles know. of comedy show, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, sh I should have realised. I, I, um, I didn't actually. Anyway, <laughs> I did watch Tomorrow and Jay. Yeah, we well, don't know how to say it, so yeah, that's all right. That's okay. that's, that's she's playing. She's play, She's playing the same. The same game with what me. You, so what, you're playing what? the long. You're playing the long game with what me. What is it if not Tomorrow and Jay? To Wemmeranger, but it's actually Tom Wemmeranger. Yeah, not to to Wemmeranger. I said. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think you are? 
This is all getting edited out. Anyways, <laughs> but Kate, were you, were you uh, negging Rich when you know when you were starting out? You know, uh, together, were you like, oh yeah, like I, I'm aware of like. I guess I've heard of Saturday Night Live, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I did. I didn't. I didn't neg him, but I was. I, I like it. It was weird because I do. I I like his comedy. Oh, that's do, good. I do. Yeah, sounds it. Ring an endorsement. <laughs> the way you I said his comedy, it sounds like my mum when she goes, "Oh, all these little sketches." Yeah. <laughs> do you like his skits? He like she likes your skits. It's nice, good to know. Okay, so now you're all thinking. Okay, so Paul is smitten. <laughs> But what about how are Paul's friends? <laughs> how are Paul's friends? Do you think uh, Paul's friends took warmly to Heather Mills? Did she stand a chance with his friends? Let's be realistic. I have to say, doing research, <laughs> nobody liked her. Nobody liked Who her. Who are Paul's friends, by the way? Who are okay, his friends? So, our point? first quote is from Paul's cousin. So, Paul's cousin, Mike Robbins. So, this is how he describes meeting her for the first time. I went in the kitchen for some reason and seated at the table in a white faux fur and a white Cossack fake fur hat is this very glamorous looking blonde. He said he extended his hand but the blonde didn't shake it and seemed to want to stay in the kitchen rather than join everybody else in the living room. So I said to my wife, have you seen the bird? And she said, no. And I said, go in and have a look. So she wandered into the kitchen, comes back a bit later and says, ugh. A very strange young lady. <laughs> One of Paul's brief bits of crumpish, I presume. And that was Heather. The first time we met her. And the more you met her, before you knew, she <laughs> she was a nutter. <laughs> wow. Are we sure that wasn't just like the cook that you were talking to? <laughs> That's pretty damning. Yeah, but people, you know, I think just even if it had been like, the perfect woman and the perfect, you know, per, the per, and a real genuine love. It like it's like months since his wife died. You know, you're gonna look at that and go, okay. She didn't uh, stand a chance. She no. was, I'm I'm with you completely. She could have been amazing. She couldn't have been his current wife, and she still wouldn't have stood a chance. Yeah. yeah, but it didn't it didn't help that she was Heather Mills. <laughs> and everyone's calling everyone's calling her mad, which I think is you know. But Paul McCartney was going out asking farmyard creatures what he should do with his life. <laughs> So I don't yeah. think we I don't think we can say this is all this is all one sided on the on the lack of reality. Maybe he's yeah. waiting, he was like waiting for the frog chorus to come back. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so that wasn't so. We've got some other tales of how other of his friends treated this new lady in his life. So Tony Measles Bramwell. <laughs> That's a, a guy you trust. From, a friend from Paul back in the day remembers meeting her for the first time. And then he remembered Heather as a girl who used to hang around the London clubs. He said, Heather looked at me in horror, knowing I'd been in the clubs when she was slapping around for a rich man. Oh, measles. So apparently, Heather immediately saw him, her face dropped, and she announced, there's nobody interesting here. I'm going shopping. <laughs> What a line. I bet that was like at 1am as well in the middle of the countryside. He's <laughs> left the house for a bit. I love how in all this memory, she's like a badly written woman from like a soap opera in the 80s, isn't she? Yeah. She so is. That's perfect, Grant. 
Okay, so we've established his, his family don't really like her. His friends don't really like her. But you know who does like her? Paul McCartney. And he seals the deal when just a few, I think they're only, they, they're only dating, I think around less than two years, when he gets down on one knee at a hotel in the Lake District and proposes. Side note, no prenup. No prenup. Really? Ooh. Clever, clever Paul. <laughs> <laughs> so the owls didn't tell him, protect your money and assets. <laughs> wow. Good so even when they're in the, the sort of like pre-engagement glow, cracks are beginning to show in this relationship. Um, oh, no. When they go on tour in America, again, they've just got engaged. In the early hours, hotel, ghost, uh, hotel guests awoke to hear Paul shouting, I don't want to marry you. The wedding's <gasps> off. Oh, oh, wow. Then apparently Heather flung her engagement ring out the hotel window. The next day, hotel staff had to hire metal detectors to find it. Oh, my God. Did you ever, in the middle of a fight, Katie, throw your wedding ring at Richard in disgust? No, it would take me too long to get off to start with. But just, no, it hasn't crossed my mind to do that. The only reason I want, well, not the only reason, but one of the main reasons I want to get married or engage him is just to be able to throw the ring at someone. (laughs) I just want to have that in an argument as a little, as a prop. I think it's so great. What's the most like show busy couple? When was there a moment when you were like, ooh, we feel like a showbiz couple? What, and what, rowing in public or actually? Yeah, like something like that, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> we were once we were once having a really big argument in um the, the uh, pub above the shepherd the uh, the non Westfield Shepherd's Bush shopping centre. Do you remember this? We were in a pub oh, and we were way. really arg- we were really arguing and like it was the worst argument I think we ever had. Uh, and it, we just had lost it in this pub. I suspect we so we may have been drunk. And a guy came up in the middle of it and said, "Hi, Richard. I'm a really big fan." <laughs> We were clearly like having this massive argument, oh, yeah. and, I, and I had to go. Yeah, good. <laughs> and we were sort of on the point. And, you know, I can't even remember what it was about the argument, or and it certainly blew over. But at the time, it seemed pretty yeah, bad. I've forgotten about. I remember but, that now. I can. I can't remember what it was about either. I don't drink anymore, so you know we don't we don't argue so much now. <laughs> it seems to help. No, it was before we were married. It was before we were married. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but so, but not nothing very show. But we're not we're not very a very showbiz couple. Especially <laughs> is that our most showbiz now. story? Well, <laughs> we, we hardly yeah. In a, hor- a in a horrible kind of Weatherspoons pub, it was as well. It was it wasn't like a nice pub. It, it was a really a packed pub. It was embarrassing because it was really packed and we were really going at each other, and like it, just verbally. Uh, but, uh, and, uh, I don't think it was. That it was. Bad. It was. It was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Just in that moment, it was. It was a nasty moment. But yeah, we're not. So you got uh, nothing on. Nothing on Heather and Paul. No, I don't. You know, the rings flown out windows. No, we. We. But we're very. You know, we live out in the countryside now as well. So we, I suppose they do as well. But uh, or they did. But um, yeah, we don't. We don't really get involved in anything too. Ch- we're doing a TV show together, aren't we, Katie? Where Are we allowed to talk about that? I don't know. That might need to. Go. <laughs> well, we don't say what it is. We are doing a TV show where we're going on as a couple, and it's about being a couple, isn't it? But we don't know what that's going to be, so oh. we'll see. We'll see if our we'll see if our marriage survives that. <laughs> if anything goes wrong, guys, just just go outside and talk to the animals. <laughs> well, maybe maybe Paul and Heather will be able to give you a little bit of hard-worn advice. So they get married. There's a big wedding, 2002, Castle Leslie in Ireland. 
Paul's son, James, and his daughter, Heather, both do not attend. Oh. Wow. They are NSVP. They do not come. Wow. Was Stella there? Stella was there, but James and Heather were not. They didn't come. Wow. And this is what I love. Just such a detail. So, you know, traditionally, the bride is a little bit late. How late was Heather Mills walking down the <laughs> oh, aisle? Oh, no. God. Rich, do you want to give it time? Five, five days. Five days? <laughs> everyone Katie? was waiting. And everyone was waiting. <laughs> Two hours. Oh, I think you overestimate it. She was an hour late yeah. walking down the an aisle. An hour late. Oh. And she said it was because she had problems getting into her dress. Everybody else said it's because her and Paul had a huge row that morning. <sighs> Oh no! Wow. Is that common to fight on the morning of your wedding? You're both, all of you are married. Is that common? No. Is that a thing? Well, no. Not we. D- I mean, we didn't see each other. To be fair, <laughs> that's, good. That's, that's traditional. That's really traditional. <laughs> Katie was a bit late for the for the wedding. Oh mate, I was one minute late. You were. I was wait. I I thought I thought you'd changed your mind. You're about fifty hours late. That's why they're like late. You got to make the men sweat a bit. Yeah. That I, makes sense. It's I good. think I was perfectly on time. <laughs> Poor Paul. The stress that you had, multiply that by sixty. That's what Paul Macko went through. Yeah. So I don't want you to think it was all drama because they did have some happy moments, and this is the one story I could find about a time where they weren't rowing. So. Uh, <laughs> A friend was talking about calling around to their house after they got married. And they, he said, Paul seemed like somebody who was a young person in an older body. He was very boyish. Before dinner, Paul took his guests out to the shed in the woods where he kept drinks and mixed cocktails. And Heather came down from the cabin and joined them, telling the men how Paul had swept her off her feet when they met. And then I love this detail. She cooked and served a vegetarian meal and then they all jammed around the piano with Heather playing the saxophone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, where is audio recordings when you need them? (laughs) I don't know why there's just something so funny about Heather Mills playing the saxophone. I'm really into it. So, they, they, you know, they do have good moments, but sadly, their bad moments are quite public. So quite soon after they get married, they do a big interview on American TV with Barbara Walters. And I'm just going to read out some quotes from Heather Mills. So maybe, oh, incredible stuff. you know, if you are doing TV stuff, maybe this can be a way of avoiding. <laughs> oh, yeah, some hints for you yeah, too. They, they went ahead so that you can stay together. So um, this again, some Heather quotes. I am married to the most famous person in the world. And that is very unfortunate for me. I remember this. This was oh, this is epic. <laughs> then she said, "This is a man who has had his own way his entire life. When you become famous at nineteen, it's sometimes hard to listen to other people's opinions." <laughs> so again, but let's let's sit, let's take her at her word. Imagine mm-hmm. you're married to Paul McCartney, the nation's sweetheart, can do no wrong. Saint Paul. He's had women throwing themselves at him since he was a teenager. People are like, he's a genius. You walk into the room. Everybody's happy to see Paul McCartney. Is that somebody you want to be in a relationship with? That's going to be tricky. But like she knew that before she married him. But she hadn't heard of the Beatles. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, think, I mean, she, you don't marry someone like that if you need to be the centre of attention. But you marry someone like that if you want to marry someone who's pretty amazing. 
and done some cool stuff. You, you know, you would go, okay, I'm not going to be the most, I'm not going to be the best known person or the most adored person in this relationship, but I love this person and I will, I, I want to help them go through what they're doing. You know, you know, if you're if you're envious of your partner in that way, that's uh, that's not going to be good, is it? Yeah. Do you think she thought she could get more famous than Paul McCartney? Maybe in the maybe, lifespan of their marriage. Maybe. I mean, I think. I think it. Whether she, whether uh, you know consciously or not, I think that was that was where she was going. I think she was someone who liked the limelight. I think, you know, it's that. It's a tale as old as time, isn't it? If I, you know, mm. I, 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 this will make me famous, and then oh, but I don't. This isn't how I wanted to be famous, and and it's, people still prefer Paul McCartney to me. What's he done that I haven't done? Oh yes, or everything. Also, it's that thing of like, if you're trying to fill a void, like fame isn't gonna like your problems are still gonna be there, yeah. and then you'll just have, be famous and have loads of trolls. <laughs> like yeah. people think, oh, if everyone knows who I am, then I'll be happy, but. You won't be. You've got. You've got to do the internal work. So things are already rocky in their relationship. The more famous she's becoming after being married to Paul McCartney, the, the more scrutiny some of the things she said about her past is coming out. So oh, a lot of people mm. are coming out saying that she's lied. It's not true. So she's getting really defensive. She's getting really upset. She's turning to Paul for support, and he's like, "Whatever. Like it's fine. Don't worry about it." So she's getting a little bit annoyed. Paul introduces her to his friends in Hamburg who remember him from, you know, back in the Beatles day. And I don't have any... Kate, you'll have seen it. Do you know the film Backbeat? Backbeat? Yeah, Yeah, Backbeat. Iconic 90s film. So the star of it is this woman, Astrid, who helped the Beatles create their look. That was a real person. So Astrid from Backbeat is introduced to Heather Mills. And here's what she says about meeting Heather. He was so protected by Linda and surrounded with her love and care that he was like an unborn baby towards women. And Heather could just roll him around her fingers. Then being handicapped and good looking, he probably (laughs) felt sorry for this woman with one leg. And she turned out to be a bitch. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Very very German honesty there. Really? Handicapped and good looking, dare she? That's like um, like also this the whole this whole thing of like Linda's protected him and he hasn't lived in the real world for ages is interesting too because I'm sure they had a wonderful marriage full of love, but also how do you hang on to a beetle? Maybe you keep them away from the reality very true yeah because she never spent she, she like you can read about this it's oh it's so romantic they never spent a night apart or you can be like she never let him out of her sight you can read it different ways but i just also it just reminds me of this story my grand told me about this this old couple and like the wife died and the friend went around to check in on him and make like made him a cup of tea and said how do you take your tea and he didn't know because his wife had always made the tea. Oh, my God. So he didn't know how he took his tea. Like, And she died with the knowledge had died with her <laughs> of how he had tea. So I don't know. That, it just, you saying that quote just put that in my head. But I'm sure Linda McCartney and him had a very wonderful relationship. It's such, you know, it's such a bizarre life and such a... It must be... It's impossible to understand what you're like. Everywhere you go, every single person, apart from Heather Mills, 
knows who you are <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and sort of loves you and will it will be a story. You know, if you met Paul McCartney in a pub or if you walked past him in the street, you would, yeah. that would be a story. That would be the, one of the main stories of your life probably for most totally. people. I talked yeah. to Paul McCartney. So every, you know, you've got to be the kind of, and I think he's good at it. I think from what I've heard, he, you know, he gives people the time of day and is, and is, and is very pleasant, but it must be such a, you know, even and he was like twenty or something when it all started, wasn't he? So you know, he he, he didn't have any time to be a, like a, a a normal adult. And then you and then everyone wants something from you, and you're the richest man in the world, oh, you know, one of the richest men in the country. And uh, you know, it must be so difficult. So I'm sure it was an element with Linda that he was she was mothered him to to an extent that she was there yeah, to pr- to that. protect him. So whether well you might be right that like never leaving someone for a night is sort of not romantic and sort of weird because if you love someone you can yeah. go oh, I'm very happy for you to go take two weeks off and go somewhere and do something cuz I trust you. But I think he, I think he probably he had a, you know he had to cope with a lot of a lot of stuff and I think I think that was the strength of that relationship that she was she was sort of there for him and 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 capable of controlling him. But also, they live in a basically a fantasy world where you can have you know you can buy the mull of Kintyre. Yeah. Well, so you mentioned how affable Paul famously is. Well, sadly, during this period, he snaps. So this is right. one of my favourite stories from from sort of reading through this. So him and Heather, they're arguing a lot, right? They, It's a very tumultuous relationship. They have a row, and he's had a few drinks. He's in a really bad mood, so he decides, I know what will cheer me up. I'm going to see David Blaine in that <laughs> Perspect box. Oh, in the box. Yeah. The famous box, yeah. Over the River Thames. He's like, why not? We'll go down to that. So him and his friend, he just needs to clear his air. He needs to get away from Heather, right? So him and his friend have a few drinks and decide to head down to watch David Blaine in the box. So they it head was down... worth seeing. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was an amazing time to be in London. <laughs> so apparently him and his friend headed down to Tower Bridge about one in the morning. He's spotted by a press photographer who shouts, Oi, mate, Maka, over here. Do you want to come and get a picture? You know, poor Paul, he broke at this moment and he told the snapper he didn't want to be photographed and said, listen, mate, I've come to see this stupid cunt. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, Excellent. Wow. He says, you're not taking a picture of me tonight. Fuck off. I'm a pedestrian on a private visit. And then he pissed off. Wow. Wow. Wowzers. Taking its toll, old Mills. He just wanted to see David Blaine in a box. He should have been. If you can't. He should have been that, able to. If you can't do that without being harassed. <laughs> What's the point of living? <laughs> so him and Heather are having a tumultuous time. Uh, it wouldn't row around this period. Ended up with broken crockery, glasses and a lamp and a bottle of ketchup that Heather threw a pole smashed against one of the walls in the house. Wow. That's going to stain. That's going to stain. It will stain. They're very sort of in a... I like to call their Ren and Stimpy vase. There's a lot going on. But at this period, she is pregnant and she gives birth to their daughter, Beatrice, in 2003. So apparently this was the impetus for the impetus for Paul to make a bigger effort in the relationship, to make wow. it work. He wants to stay in the UK. She wants to sort of build an empire in the US. He says no because he doesn't want Beatrice, no offence, Chantel, to get an American accent. <laughs> Well, Linda was American. What's his problem with Americans? 
Maybe that was an excuse. And that there are, I mean, it's tricky because do basically in the divorce uh, case, details come out come out about Paul that reminds us he was a young man in the 1960s. So if, even though you know they he there are icons, you just have to remember, just he's basically the same age as you know Joe Biden or your granddad. Oh so God, apparently yeah. <laughs> he didn't want Heather to breastfeed. Because he said, they are my breasts. Wow. <laughs> he said he didn't want was... a mouthful of breast milk. Oh, I was, was going to say that as a joke. I was going to say, I was going to say he said that as a joke. It's not that, it, long. It's not it's that long. It could wait like a few months to not, it could just not suck you know, the milk out. <laughs> <laughs> just kiss around the nipple. He, was, he knew he wouldn't be able to resist. <laughs> I thought he was a child of the 60s with free love and everything. I thought they were all hippies. Right? Yeah, he's probably ringing up Eric Clapton. He's like, yeah, too mm. right, mate. She's done your ground. <laughs> those, are your, like, those are your breasts. Is that... <laughs> yeah, you own those. <laughs> um, is this like... Does he admit to saying that or is that she says he said that? So all this is very much allegedly evidence that came out during the court case. So is there a chance that didn't happen? I just, <laughs> I don't want to think of him as, <laughs> well, like that at all, really. <laughs> okay, so again, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a man of his times. You know, nobody's perfect. And she also resented having to cook for him every night. The sort of a vibe that he very much expects you know, like we said before, like the sort of relationship that he had with Linda. He wants this yeah. traditional molly yeah. cuddling. Yeah. Yeah. And there's loads of rows. I won't go into too much of the detail of the rows because, you know, it gets a bit repetitive if nothing else. Just give but us the juicy bits. The juicy one is Paul McCartney in a bath, naked, he's puked on himself. Oh, God. <laughs> Who amongst us? <laughs> <laughs> the glamour, wow. the glamour. Do you think this is what she expected life with a beetle would be like? <laughs> Pukey bath. Pukey bath. Someone's got to clean that up as well. He's going to expect her to do it with, her, with his tits. <laughs> <laughs> Let's imagine we get a phone call. It's Heather and Paul. They said, Kate and Rich, you're invited right to our house for couples night. We've got the Pictionary all set it up. Paul's got his piano open. Heather's got her saxophone out. What do you imagine a night with Heather and Paul in the height of their pomp and glory? What do you imagine couples all night with Paul I and Heather being like? picture is that scene in the American office when they go round for that dinner party oh, at Jan and amazing. Michael's house. <laughs> And they're midway through this passive aggressive like <laughs> meltdown and she's trying to sell everyone candles. <laughs> God, it's so good. And then he plays the song by that young boy. Yeah, she plays but... it. Oh God, it's amazing. Anyways, yeah. that is Katie, you are a genius. That is precisely what it is. <laughs> is. If anyone doesn't know, go watch that dinner party episode and you will see. That is basically Heather and Paul. <laughs> So, not surprisingly, after the puke in the bath moment, that's it. They split up. 2006, they split. And first of all, it seems like it's going to be quite an amicable, mature, classy split. But then almost immediately, it's like this, this tidal wave of repressed knowledge the press had had about Heather Mills all this time oh. comes out. 
Miss Toad's getting She's real She's not good. under his protection anymore. <laughs> She's That's not right, under... you see? Yeah. So it turns out that maybe she wasn't just a glamour model. She appeared in a sex manual in Germany. <laughs> Apparently she used to be a sex worker for a while. Apparently she used to date very, very dodgy men from the Middle East who were maybe involved in guns trading. Right. Paul claims he didn't know any of it. And people are like, how could you? You're not an idiot. Like, you must have known some of this. <laughs> so all this stuff is coming out about her in the press. So I don't know, maybe it's just a coincidence that some of the private court papers detailing her history with what nightmare Paul was to be married to and all the things he did when he was drunk, puking on himself in the bath, that were private, suddenly get faxed to the press. Right. Suddenly. Uh, wow. So suddenly we're all learning that Paul is a bit of a messy drunk. Uh, then Heather appears on GMTV, just arrives oh. in the studio. <laughs> This was heaven. This was heaven. <laughs> oh God, I can watch this forever. She angrily defends herself and said, I've had worse press than a paedophile or a murderer and I've done nothing but charity for 20 years. Wow. Oh God, and all the papers. She had the stack of papers with her. I remember her shaking the stack of like folded papers she had. Wow. Oh God, it was incredible. And Rich, did you sort of think, is this sort of a cautionary tale for men? This. I mean, it, it should be, men never learn. Men never learn, do they? That's the thing. Men absolutely never learn. You would just think, you know, Paul McCartney should have been. Someone just should have said after his wife died, "Loads of women are going to try and get off of you because you're Paul McCartney yeah, and you're where rich." Where were his people? And, That's and, true. You know, and maybe have sex with them if you really want to, Paul. But but you know, don't get into a relationship with them. So I, I don't know what you know. I think it. I think that that uh, Ingrid's probably right. That you know that combination of thinking. He's got a way of processing it that is saying, hey, this isn't me having a breakdown. This is a wonderful woman does lots of charity and she's great. Mm -hmm. And and yes, she's disabled. And so I'm doing I'm being I'm being caring and nurturing to someone else is the kind of thing Linda would do. It it should be up there as a sort of fairy tale warning to to men and women. Uh, and anyone getting into a relationship. <laughs> but like, you know, if, if, if Paul McCartney hasn't got someone saying, don't get married for... A little. While. I guess you know it's interesting because he's probably about. He was probably about the age I am now. So it, you, you would maybe you would just you you'd be thinking right. I'm really old, <laughs> and this might. If I wait five years, I'm going to be sixty, and you know absolutely nobody would be interested in me. So maybe he thought he had to move fast because he was. You know, this was his. This was the fading of the light for him. But um, you know, he is also Paul McCartney. So. But he was still in his grieving process. He was just not, he wasn't thinking straight. No. Yeah. Where, where was Ringo Starr in all of this? Where was Ringo? <laughs> yeah. Dereliction of duty. Well, so, <laughs> uh, so again, this is a very messy divorce case. Heather is asking for £125 million. Then in a very, I have to say, love the girl for drama, she then fires her legal team and starts representing herself. Wow. Which always ends well. That always works. Yeah. And then all the great things she said about Paul in the past in interviews is used as evidence against her. Huh. So instead of the £125 million, she gets 24.3 pittance. Oh, is that all? <laughs> and then again, a lovely detail which we have forgotten but deserves to be remembered. In the closing moments of the case, she tipped a jug of water over the head of Paul's lawyer, Fiona Shackleton. 
Really? Excellent stuff. She puts on a show. I did not know that. Do you think there was that any moment in the trial where Paul was like, I am, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the moment before she did that. Well, it, sounded, it sounds like he was thinking that on the morning of the marriage, you know, on the actual yeah. wedding. So it's like, right? It's like that, I mean, that is so difficult. If you were on, in the morning of a wedding and you have a big argument, you think, you know, I, I've got a chance to get out of this. But to get out of it, I would have to go out and say to everybody, you have to go home because we've decided not to get married. Yeah. But, so, but instead you decide to marry the, you know, that probably does swing things in, in Paul's favour. I think that, that jug of water, I'd forgotten the jug of water, but now I remember it. It's a big moment. That's great. And it's, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. It's just that's technically assault, isn't it? Can she like... <laughs> get arrested for that on the way out of the courtroom that's so crazy in i think there should be some voice of defense of poor heather because in yeah. her meager defense it must have been quite daunting to be in a court case against what i can only imagine was a formidable defense team for mr paul mccartney yeah. so that poor girl did not stand a chance in her defense and then when she fired her lawyer she didn't help herself there that was her mistake i will say that but i think there should be some voice of, of defense because it must not have been that's an unwinnable case he was going to win he had so much money behind him yeah and even her 24.32 whatever you said million she got i imagine to be honest I imagine the vast majority of that went on her lawyer bills anyway. So I actually doubt she ended up with that much anyways. So really, part of me has to feel some sympathy towards towards Heather. We can't all just be on the big, famous uh, old man side. No, I agree. I agree with that. And I think, you know, but it's it's still a lot of money. She's still got, you know, she's still the mother of his daughter. So they're still Yeah, connected. so she's still got some and, uh, alimony, I imagine. Yeah, and I yeah. imagine his payments are quite high. <laughs> I I fully agree. I, I I think she's probably pretty comfortable. I think, I think she's doing all right. I don't but, think she's too concerned about the upcoming energy crisis. So that girl is, you know, that daughter's now nineteen, nineteen years old now. That's just Golly, and that's yes. absolutely mind blowing to think that, that she could be 20, listening. 20 <laughs> Beatrice, get in touch. <laughs> Tell us what you know. Well, so I can let you know she Heather is doing well for herself. She, she recently got married to her businessman boyfriend Mike Dickman. Who is seventeen <laughs> years her junior? Oh, that's nice. Oh, just well a nice symmetry done. to it. Yeah. <laughs> well done, Heather. Yeah. Whereas Sir Paul, who's now seventy nine, is married to American businesswoman Nancy Shevel, who at sixty two is a mere eighteen years her his junior. So you know, slightly more yeah. age appropriate. They both close the gap a little. Yeah. This is going to be a tough one, but uh, we now are <laughs> heading towards. <laughs> The question that our whole podcast hinges around. In every split, no matter how much you love both parties, there is one that you know is going to be okay. There's the other that you text to make sure that they they got up this, that morning. So, and Katie, I'll go to you first. In the great split between Paul and Heather, who thrived and who simply survived? Well, now, obviously, there's a very obvious answer to this, but <laughs> I just also wanted to say it was interesting what you guys were saying earlier about how she was treated and stuff. And I think there has been a slight reckoning with the misogyny of the noughties, uh, but it is still very difficult to separate that from the stuff that she said and did, which 
seems so outrageous that it, you can't defend it just because hey let's support women like it's, <laughs> it, she's a problematic yeah, heroine it doesn't yeah. work so she yeah. was the flea bag before there was flea bag <laughs> yeah. i mean so yeah so he thrived and she survived she survived rich do you agree well only one of them ended up with uh dickman didn't they <laughs> That's so true. They went, the old, uh, the old Dickman side thing. I'm gonna say, I, I don't know. I think I will go with Paul McCartney having thrived, and, and I think he's. <laughs> and also, in, even in even in love terms, you know, I think his his third wife is ruins my joke, but does. Uh, I think that they are much more of a correct match, and hopefully Dickman and Heather Heather Dickman as she is now. I <laughs> um, hopefully they're a good match too. Amazing. Well, before we let you go. We have one final question. I'll put this to uh, to each of you can answer separately. There is one woman we're always trying to find a partner for. As we always say, we don't necessarily think she needs somebody, just that she deserves to be loved. So put your thinking caps on, both of you. And can you tell me who you think could add up to and be the perfect match for the one, the only, Cher? So I think maybe Bruce Springsteen. Ooh. Nice. Yeah, I feel like they'd have a lot in we common. He gets the job, so they've got that. And I kind of feel like, as much as I like, she's this. this you know amazing, powerful icon. I feel like she actually would probably like you know like the, the Jersey boy, yeah, the blue like collar Jersey men boy. Of that generation know how to put up shelves and stuff. I think you. I think you're right, yeah. Bruce. Help me this. Help me with this. A light switch. <laughs> What about you, Rich? Um, I would like to see Cher marry or get together with uh, Dick Van Dyke. I think they're both both good dancers. They're both uh, humorous in oh, their acting. That, yeah. um, I love Dick Van Dyke. And, I love you know, Dick Van Dyke. I, he's 96, I think, and now. And he's still got it. He's still got it. <laughs> Dick Van Dyke, Dick V. Bruce. I love them both. There's a throuple. <laughs> <laughs> and then sure, whenever Dick was swimming, she could just summon the dolphins to protect him. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful choices all around well done i love them yeah. thank you so much for coming on our podcast honestly Thanks what an amazing couple us. you chose thank you where can our um, listeners find more of you aside from this amazing tv show we can or cannot talk about <laughs> <laughs> well i have a podcast called drunk women solving crime and both of you we've both been on yes. it yes and that was fantastic then also i write children's books uh, my latest book was called You're Not the Boss of Me and you can get that in all the places that you get books and there's a there's seven books in total. There's a My Best Friend and Other Enemies series. There's one called When Good Geeks Go Bad. They're funny. They're kind of about bullying, what it's like being a teenage girl at school. Amazing. Uh, and I do a podcast called Rahalastapa, which uh, Gronje has been a guest in which we um, I interview uh comedians usually and have funny chats with them but there's been some very good ones recently um, and i do a book club version of that as well i talk to authors uh, they're all, all in the same feed i've written a book about a couple <laughs> splitting up as well uh, that it's uh, kind of have my ball back which is about me 
me losing one of my testicles. That couple did not stay together. Uh, they got they were together for, for 53, 53 years. <laughs> the left one thrived. <laughs> and the other one did not. Well, it's, it's somewhere in a, a fridge, I think, apparently. They don't throw it away, apparently. It's somewhere... The other one still. Although I've got uh, this, this is the this is my puppet of the one I've lost. So he's still. Oh, so ar- he's still arguably, writing. arguably still going. So it'd be lovely if you would like to buy that book. Uh, and uh, I've got a sitcom called Relativity on Radio Four, uh, and uh, listen to that. And uh, that's about it, I think, for the moment. Wonderful stuff. You must now call your remaining ball. Sir Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> That's the rules. <laughs> the Way They Were is an Amanda Redman production produced by Abby Weaver and Amanda Redman. We want to hear your celebrity couple crush, so email us on thewaytheywerepod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at thewaytheywerepod and we're on Instagram at thewaytheywerepodcast. Thanks so much to Audio Boom for hosting and thanks to you for listening. Until the next time, goodbye. Goodbye. The, the way, way they were. were.